Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Here we are at the beginning of Lent, first Sunday of Lent, and the church as a Holy Mother, Holy Mother Church, gives us readings to help us enter into Lent, uh, perhaps soberly. She gives us readings in this book called The Lectionary, which is proclaimed from the lectern, lexio, you Latin scholars, meaning read or to read, okay? And gives us these scripture passages where there's a prominent figure of the devil, and Satan's in there. And this is because although you and I sometimes enter into Lent like we do with New Year's resolutions, right? We're going to do some things and make our life better. And then like mid to late March, just like statistically with New Year's resolutions, you enter in the confessional and say, I I went back to eating potato chips immediately. Or I was going to pray a lot and I haven't even done it yet. The church is trying to show us that this is not like New Year's resolutions Lent. Because New Year's resolutions may simply be us trying to better ourselves, but Lent is where we get in touch with reality. And not the reality your favorite news channel tells you, or maybe your favorite social media account, or what you just experienced your own little home, but the reality that is revealed and shown to us by Jesus. The reality that right now, God's Holy Spirit is at work in your life, trying to affirm you and bless you and heal you and give you a life of peace, meaning, and hope. Angels and saints are rooting for you and praying for you by name. It's also true that there's a devil and there's demons in powers of darkness, and by name they are trying to get you. They're trying to keep you from growth, trying to keep you stuck hopeless, meaningless, which means not every thought and feeling, not every circumstance is from God. And what I want to tell you today is not every thought, feeling, emotion, relationship, and circumstance is just from you either. There's good news. There's good news in knowing that there's powers of darkness hell-bent against you, because it means you're not as bad as you think you are. If there's only two options, God and you, then in your life, all the struggles, all the problems, all the times you don't care about God, or you're just going to go for sin, and all the, it's not just your fault. There's actually powers against you. There's ones working on you. This is the clear teaching of the scriptures and the 2,000-year tradition of the church, that to be human means to be caught up in this fallen world in a great battle over your identity, your heart, and your destiny. Will you and I allow God to save us? Or will we listen to the other voice that lies and confuses and in this week particularly tempts us? So what I'd like to do today is just focus in on temptation. So many of us equate temptation and sin that we get shame as soon as we're tempted. We feel, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. I can't believe I'm thinking these things. 
Or I can't believe I don't love God right now. Or I can't believe I'm not even thinking about God. Or I can't believe I'm, not, I'm doing this sin or this and that. And I just want to do this. Or I'm tempted to do this. And we get embarrassed and ashamed and feel so insecure right away that what we do is we just hide the temptation. No, 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 no. And if that's your response to temptation, know first off you're not alone. But also know that that response to temptation usually leads to sin every time. Doesn't lead to victory over the temptation. Victory over the temptation is one in a different way. So a little story that may help us out here. I know a married couple, and they are a very good couple. They've spent uh, dec- over decades kind of growing close in really intentional ways, learning to be very vulnerable and kind, learning that what the other person needs is a lot of tenderness and encouragement to help them grow, not a hammer or criticisms. So they're a couple that's really been trying to great a great vulnerable, kind of, well, very holy, but also beautifully loving couple. And they were on a beach vacation, and they're walking on the beach together, and a very beautiful woman uh, wearing something that would not make you wonder, I wonder what her favorite color is, okay? Wearing a different kind of outfit that one does on a beach, was walking by them. And since they're a very loving couple, and she knows her husband's heart, and she cares about him, she said, hey, sweetie, with a smile on her face, oh, what are you thinking about? And he responded, sailboats. (laughs) Wondering what kind of sailing goes on down here in the Gulf of Mexico. They both had a little laugh. But you see, his instinct to say sailboats wasn't because he wasn't being loved tenderly by his wife who understood. It's because built into temptations is the enemy's accusation that you're bad for having a temptation that you're less lovable, less valuable, you're not good because you have temptations. And that's the lie that the devil uses to win. He wins in your life and mine simply by twofold, giving the temptation and then underneath it telling you, you're that kind of person who thinks those things? You have unforgiveness and anger and you, don't, you get haughty? You're thinking about never forgiving or you're thinking about gossiping and talking or you're thinking about looking about that image on the website or you're thinking about taking a second look or you're thinking about eating all those Oreos? You're that kind of person? If anyone knew. And so we go, oh, jeez. And then we just shove it all down. If temptation makes you a bad person, then Jesus is a bad person. I'll say it again. If temptation makes you bad or unlovable or not holy, then Jesus is bad, unlovable, and not holy because he experienced temptations. And what the church has taught and the scriptures has revealed is temptations have, they're not bad to experience temptations. They don't mean you're awful or evil or unholy. What we do in response to them dictates a lot. So the first move in temptations when we have them is simply to accept I'm being tempted. That alone would give so much space and freedom. Oh, I'm being tempted right now. Notice how Jesus didn't pretend he wasn't being tempted. 
Oh, I'm having these thoughts or these feelings or these memories or these desires. These are not good. I'm being tempted right now. Not I'm not good, but these are not from God. These won't lead me to the life of flourishing peace and joy that he wants. Said these are going to break me down. These are going to hurt me and people I love. Once you can face it, once you can accept this is what's going on, half the battle's won. Next, you call upon Jesus for help and then move in the opposite direction of the temptation. So if the temptation tells you, uh, tells let's say the husband and wife, maybe he wants to pretend that uh, he dropped a quarter to turn around. Right? If that's his thought, he said, oh, I'm being tempted right now. He grabs his wife's hand, gives her a big kiss, and keeps walking. Accepted, and he acted in the opposite direction. Great love of his wife, of victory. This man now can hold his head high. I was tempted, no shame, no surprise. That's the ordinary Christian life is temptations, but he responded well. There's not one saint, Padre Pio, Francis of Assisi, Teresa Lisieux, John Paul II, you pick your favorite saint, that didn't suffer immense amount and intense temptations. Why? Because this is reality. Reality is that every one of you and me has a God who loves us and calls us by name and is doing everything to fill us with holiness and beauty and goodness. And every one of us, you and me, has voices of the enemy at times in our lives that are telling you you're bad, you're not enough, don't forgive that person, show them how good you are, take revenge, eat this, do this, look at this. Every one of us, which means no one's worse or better than anyone else right now. This is reality. And when we begin Lent, we have to begin in reality. And so, as we travel these 40 days, no one makes it a week without a temptation. I would say a day, but that felt dramatic, so we'll just say a week, but it's true a day as well. But. And so the revelation of Scripture is such good news that our everyday life, which is riddled with so much shame over feeling, I can't believe I have those thoughts, Maybe they're not your thoughts. Maybe there's someone telling you those thoughts that wants to drag you down. And so those of us who have been baptized, those who get the sacraments, those who get the Holy Spirit in a life of prayer and community and goodness, we have power we can draw on. But not if we're hiding and pretending. Only if we're vulnerable and real. Facing what's going on. Once we can face what's going on, then we call upon the power of Jesus, and then we start realizing, I can have victory over everything because of him who loves us. Amen.